This is Meet the Movie Press. It's March the 8th, 2019 on the show today. The Suicide Squad, Idris in, Willie's out, Spielberg on Netflix and Captain Marvel's box office. Plus, so much more. Stay tuned. We'll do it live. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now. Here's Popcorn Talks, Meet the Movie Press. This is Meet the Movie Press. Hello, it is March the 8th, 2019. My name is Simon Thompson. You can find me on social media at Showbiz Simon on Twitter and Instagram, or there is a Facebook page. This is Simon Thompson. Uh, a very crammed show today and a guest panellist, because Scott is in South by Southwest. South by Southwest. Uh, so, <laughs> Dimitri is here as usual. Dimitri, hey, folks. who are you? Where can we find you? You can find me right here on Popcorn Talks, Meet the Movie Press, the best uh, the best show about the biz easy for you to say not really james And also in Popcorn Talks, Anatomy of a Movie, where later today we will be talking about Apollo 11, the sequel. If you haven't, I was going to say, if you haven't seen the, the first, first 10, 10 Apollos, yeah. hey will you get it? You, you should. Good. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> cool. Uh, Neil Torrance, welcome back on the show. Thanks. Welcome Always back. great to be back. It's always great, great to have you back. Thank you. Well, I, it's, I miss Scott. I mean, you said we're, I'm here because Scott is in South by Southwest. Was South that by Southwest. Were you voguing? Was that what that <laughs> no, was? That was for voguing? That's yeah. actually the most exercise I've had all week. In a way, so. yeah, in a while. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's uh, always always great to, to drop by when I'm in town. Oh, it's great to have you here. Thank you so much for passing through Los Angeles. Uh, okay, let's talk about uh, the By the show. way, at Neil Turrets on Twitter and number six, six-word reviews on Instagram. Yeah, also. And you've got a, uh, another podcast you do as well, right? I do, yes. Uh, podcast called Unduly Noted with yeah. my friend Ryan Beeman. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've been on a hiatus because of various personal things. Ryan had uh, is now has relocated to Austin, Texas. What? From Los, Ang- Los Angeles. But we will be back up and running probably next week. Austin, Texas is great, by Is the way. he at yeah. South by Southwest? He is not at <laughs> South by Southwest. He went to college there and just got a, oh, cool. he, he got a job. Yeah. So Kirby's Pancakes. And the best, along, enchil- the, the best fajitas I've ever had in my life are at Enchiladas <laughs> Imas. Ah, some Austin, of the best Texas. barbecue I've ever had was at Austin last year. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my mic sounds a little bit thin. I sound uh, like I appear to be in a toilet. Um, I don't know if that's <laughs> you can stand to experience. be a bit thinner, my you know, friend. Hey, I've, I've always said you have a <laughs> potty mouth. And how do you think I got ahead in uh, in uh, Hollywood? <laughs> Being in the toilets. Uh, I'm kidding. That's not true. Uh, okay, let's. Uh, people in the chat already. Uh, good morning to Harris. First! Well done. Yes, Harris, you are first. Uh, Bob B. <laughs> Uh, has made uh, some uh, made a comment about Idris Elba being like the black Josh Brolin. I don't actually know what you mean like that. I don't Idris know what that Elba means. Is black, but I don't think he's anything like Josh Brolin. I would like you to explain that comment, please, because I'm a bit like. <laughs> no. Uh, Bob B saying they're being more creative with their stories, runtimes, casting, and overall production teams. I love that superhero movies are evolving. I think they are evolving. We're going to talk about that on the show. Actually, in our first story of the week, Suicide Squad 2 um, has hired Idris Elba to replace Will Smith as Deadshot, and new characters might appear. First of all, let's talk about Idris replacing uh, Will Big Willie Style Smith. Uh, and, uh, you know, because this broke actually not long after the show. A couple of days after the show last week when we've yeah. been talking about the Suicide Squad 2. Okay, so the recasting, what do you guys think? We knew last week we knew that Will was out. Right. We didn't know that Idris was in. I thought, my first thought was, wow, that's really interesting. Yeah. And I'm all in. Like, all in. I think it's great for both parties. I think it's great for, for all. James Gunn, for Suicide Squad, for Idris. And it's going to be different. Yeah. And I think... I think it's it's look. I'm not dissing Will Smith, but I think bringing him on, on board mm-hmm. now it, it seems like hey, we're taking this serious. We're not putting a no name in there. Uh, Idris has you know a gravitas, so to speak. I think it's great. Send your nerd in the chat saying Will Smith to Idris Elba is like going from a galaxy to an iPhone. <laughs> Okay. okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Great. Sure. Uh, sure. Um, I uh, I think one of the funny things I saw this week was some uh, site put out that Don Cheadle was in talks. Yeah. And Don, and Don Cheadle, Cheadle himself Cheadle. responded <laughs> saying, "I, I am." Yeah. <laughs> I don't know anything about that. It so was really we, funny. We, we had a discussion on the show the other week about some of these sites <laughs> that have cropped up who were coming out with some of the most ludicrous and completely not based. It's almost like you know the site The Onion. Right, I'm well, everything is a parody. It. It's yeah. like some sites that are coming up these days are like <laughs> the Onion, but they're deadly serious. Uh, yeah. I, I really am absolutely. I was, I, I was like, okay, 
Well, right. and also, what, what was it a few couple weeks ago when uh, that what that site said that Ryan um, Johnson, Johnson yeah. is out? Yeah. And th- hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Then they said one of the ways that they confirmed the story was talking to other journalists right. rather than talking to actual sources. Yeah. yeah. That's not how journalism works. And I, yeah. I've seen a couple of stories recently <laughs> where people have gone, uh, r- rumors, uh, rumors suggest. And I'm like, that's just someone tweeting or yeah. coming up with a thought and writing it down. That doesn't actually mean it's a thing. That's like me starting a WordPress site and going, I came to the show today on a unicorn. That doesn't actually mean (laughs) that there are rumors that I came here today on a unicorn. It's really strange. Yeah. Um, how, but I didn't see him show up. I don't know. How I, I didn't here. know how we got I, here. I, I, I parked it in uh, in uh, the rechargeable unicorn station. Around the corner. Very nice. <laughs> that's that's forward thinking. Just plugging the horn and and energy renewing. I like uh, that. Nothing if not green. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, no, I agree. I think Idris is a really good shot uh, shout for this. Um, good shot, uh, Simon. Push <laughs> your mic out. You're speaking on top of it, not into it. Okay, how's that? Is that okay? That's a lot better oh, where the microphone bit is. So, yeah. Well, so you I sound more like I'm... No, I just sound like I'm actually in the room, which is quite handy. Um, yeah, so... Uh, no, I think I think Will Smith, to me, he was one of the weak points in Suicide Squad. Um, I mean, there are a lot of weak points in Suicide Squad. Yeah, how did you narrow it down? He just, he just wasn't... He didn't feel quite right for that. Um, I think Idris Elba is really going to bring a, a weightiness and I think a, a thickness and a richness to the character that I think we simply, for some reason, didn't get with Will. Now, I don't know whether that was the way the character was drawn or whether that was the way that, uh, that, that he played it. I don't know. But it just didn't sit right for me. So I really welcome Idris. Uh, also, I mentioned there are going to be new characters which might appear. Again, this has come from online this week. Uh, I actually quite like these, even though they don't sound like real supervillains. <laughs> uh, one of them is Ratcatcher, which is apparently going to be gender-swapped and played by a woman. Outrage! Um, <laughs> yeah. A, a super... Fanboys rise up and <laughs> yeah, complain. Uh, I'm sure there'll be something uh, about that. Uh, a super criminal and one of Batman's many enemies who can communicate with rats. I assume going to be based in Washington. Uh, King Shark, a supervillain and humanoid oh, shark oy. whose father is believed to be a so-called shark god. Can you imagine how much uh, how much shit King Shark got in the playground at school? It's like, oh yeah, your dad's a so-called shark god, is he? Yeah. <laughs> Sounds amazing. Polka Dot Man, aka Mr. Polka Dot, because you need more than one polka dot name. Uh, supervillain who, like Ratcatcher, is a sworn enemy of Batman and grows multicolored polka dots on his body that can turn into fireballs and other weapons. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, sounds pretty cool. Wait. I mean, as it belies the name, it's cooler than his powers are cooler than his name. Yeah, I know, right? I'd rather what have are you, Polka like... Man. Yeah, something. Oh my God, Klezmer. Polka Man would be call amazing. Him, call him Klezmer. Yeah. <laughs> That's Klezmer man. Klezmer, just Klezmer. Klezmer, Klezmer, sound, Klezmer sounds at least somewhat devious and, and deviant, <laughs> and there's an evilness to Klezmer. Who sure. Is the supervillain Klezmer. Oh, we could call him Klezmerman from the, uh, from the New Hampshire Klezmermans. Yes. Oh, yeah. my God, are you Brian Klezmerman's son? Well, it was nice to be by, boys. I'll, uh, I'll see you next time I'm in town. <laughs> Why'd you stop by? I keep saying that so many of the superheroes, they're actually Jewish. It's like Aquaman. Ah, oh, you're Jacob. Well, Aquaman. there's the great. There's the great bit. Is like, why is his name Spider Man? Why is it called Spider Man? Spider Man. It's not. It's not. Why isn't it Spider Man? Well, it's, it's, it's not his name. It's not Phil Spider Man. Yeah. <laughs> Postman. Postman. <laughs> uh, but also a peacemaker, um, aka Christopher Smith, who's an agent of peace, whose motives are motives are driven by an extremist form of pacifism, which makes him love peace so much that he He'll would kill, kill for, for it. it. Pe- peacemaker Genius. is actually peacemaker has actually been around for a long time. I yeah. love. I was not familiar with that. But Villain. Yeah, I love that idea. Well, he's not always a villain, though. Okay. As I remember it, Peacemaker was actually one of the Charlton heroes, along with Blue Beetle and the Question and um, uh, Captain Adam. Yeah, and Nightshade. I believe I'm not. I'm not 100 sure. And if somebody is going to come in the, the, the chat room and correct me, then yeah. you know. But there is a there is a character like that from the Charlton universe. Okay, uh, and they've turned him into a villain over the years because as times have changed, the guy, the idea of killing someone for 
to, for peace right. yeah. is not as socially acceptable as perhaps it maybe used to be. Well, apparently that's also the character that we know that like obviously... Like Blackface, for instance. Yeah, we also know that James Gunn is going to be um, uh, directing. Right. Um, and apparently Dave Batista is linked to that role because obviously Dave has said that after Guardians of the Galaxy, he really wants to go with James. Yeah. So we'll see what happens with that. We'd be pretty good. Uh, people in the chat, uh, good morning to a few people who are joining us uh, on a rare occasion, which is lovely. Um, Miguel uh, Angel Gomez. Uh, hey, Miguel. Uh, saying, morning, guys. Uh, I would love to see time pass in Suicide Squad so they could explain why does Deadshot look older. Good point, actually. Uh, for, although, when they did Iron Man and they swapped over um, Howard she- for right. Cheadle, yeah. they didn't explain that. It was just, like, di- different guys. So it's maybe like they will and maybe they won't. I don't like, think, yeah. I, I think cares that, who cares? I'm with, I, I'm with the, the Greek guy. Uh, M- M- um, oh, okay, Dimitri, yeah. I knew his name. Whoppa! <laughs> I uh, no, it's an inside joke from before we got one on the air, folks. I um, I, I, I don't care about that stuff. It's like yeah. okay, it's the reality of Hollywood, and the you know, I mean, it's whether you're recasting on TV or movies. You know, they don't address when they have a new James no. Bond. Yeah. So what's the point? Yeah, yeah. who cares? That's true. Uh, I think we'll, it's we'll a see. good choice, I, and, and I think he's going to be working with James Gunn. I think we're going to see a great side to Idris because we already know that he can be cool and funny. He can be a, he can be a villain. Um, so I think that working with he's actually been really James funny in a bunch of stuff. In the absolutely, past. Yeah. really sure. good. But filmer Jamie is actually kind of pointing it to this as well. Elba is a wonderful actor, but for all the online press he gets, he's never lived up to it with his choices. He's not a star, and I think that's kind of chicken and egg because no, he hasn't lived up to it with the choices. But I don't think some of the choices, the characters are being quite right. A really good example is the Star Trek movie that he did, yeah. um, which I I enjoyed <coughs> as a movie, but I, I think that character, I think he was undersold with that character. It wasn't well enough. Wait a minute. Wait, I have a question. Yeah. When has he ever carried a movie or had the opportunity to be a movie star where he has? He failed? has not. The to Dark this point. Tower was supposed to. I yeah, mean, he yeah, was but the I star. don't know. But he's not the. I don't think he's the blame for that. And that no, movie actually not, didn't. It do, I, I mean, how badly did that movie flop? It didn't do horrendously. It didn't do horrendously. It didn't do horrendously. And it, was, it, it had enormous problems yeah. preceding it. Oh, it yeah. was dropped in the dregs of summer. Yeah. There was also uh, the Mountain Between Us with him and Kate yeah. Winslet, yeah. which actually didn't do badly. Didn't and do badly. Which I really liked that movie. Yeah, people sometimes think that movies do do badly if they don't make a stack of money, but also it's all relative to how much they cost to, exactly to make, right. market, and yeah. distribute as well. Uh, so some really interesting stuff on that. Uh, Zeno saying, I think there'll be a few more characters added to the lineup. I think so, but I think one of the problems for some of a, a lot of the superhero movies is the fact that they um, they overstuff these movies, and mm-hmm. this has been the problem with, with with some Marvel movies. I'm thinking of the Spider Man movies specifically, where you have Go two back to or the three movies. other people. Yeah, the Batman movies. It's you always have, too many villains. Yeah, when you keep it to one or two, I think it's fine. But when you start to then add in a, an absolute, you know, menagerie of villains, absolutely, it's very difficult to serve. And that for me, actually, even <clears throat> not with villains, but with heroes, um, even in the last Avengers movie, I found that was massively overstuffed. Um, and a lot of the characters, which are great characters, simply didn't have enough room to breathe. There wasn't enough stuff for everyone to do. So too many great characters kind of became furniture. Um, <laughs> and I think that's something of a cinema crime. Um, but yeah, that, I mean, that's just that's my opinion. Uh, so uh, let's see what everyone else is happening before we move. Uh, Did anybody on. correct me about Peacemaker? Anybody say uh, I don't think so. No. Uh, Zeno is saying, Idris Elba is a fantastic backup. Senior Nerd saying, I hope this doesn't mean Will Smith is done with superhero slash comic book films. Marvel should pick him, have a part for him in Black Panther 2 or Black Widow or the X-Men. Um, yeah, maybe. Um, Why? I think potentially. Yeah. But, I mean, but only if the part is right. Not because I think Will Smith has done something really interesting in the last couple of years where he was he was pretty much a, a, a tentpole movie star. And then his star... <laughs> kind of dwindled and I think he's making movie choices that are not necessarily the most the biggest movies or the ones that are going to bring in the most movie but are ones that are interesting for him and I think yeah. I think Aladdin is probably an exception well, to the rule on that say, and yeah. I think um, uh, Bad Boys 3 is a continuation of something that he started he's going back to that lit firework to, to, to kind right. of draw a line under it really um, but yeah I would you know I would like to see him if the part was right I would like to see him in something like a Marvel movie well, but what's just put him in I'm Black sorry. Panther because he's black. Right, that's crazy. Put him in right. Black Panther because you've actually got a really good role for him right. to play because they pretty much everybody in Black Panther they had a reason for being on screen and their characters were really nicely developed. They don't were. just put him in there because <clears throat> he's black. I think I that would be underselling him again. His star has been on the wane for quite a while. Yeah. And, you know, my, the joke I was going to make is 
will people still continue to consider him a movie star after Aladdin comes out and completely destroys his career entirely? I th- well, um, I think but- it'll go one of two ways because I think people, regardless of the box office, I think it'll either, and I think the same with, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, ir- ir- yeah. Sorry, aluminum. And I, I think... <laughs> But I no, I think with that and Bad Boys Three, I think we're going to see whether people are actually seeing him still as a movie star, right. or what what the traction is and what the attraction is for Will Smith. Yeah, whether audiences, if a movie isn't particularly good, whether they cut him to slack or yeah. what do they do? It was weird. Well, they cut him like because we have to hold all actors accountable for the choices and the roles that and, they do and how they do them. And for the longest time, he was like summer box office. He was mid- July Fourth. Oh, July Fourth. Oh, yeah, he was, he was July Fourth for years. Like, but he also and, Midas. And and then Wild Wild. West, even though it did really well, kind of was... Did it do well? I don't, believe, I don't remember it doing yeah, well. I, think it I remember did. it being pretty bad. But the point is, is that, I, I mean, movie. look, the thing is, is that we talk about Idris's choices. Mm. Will Smith's choices over the last five, six years have been, have left a lot to be desired. Yeah. Well, he's, he, I think he's picked a lot, well, non-franchise movies, yeah. uh, uh, Pursuit of Happiness. Uh, what was the movie... He did a couple of years Seven ago. Seven pounds? No, but just, that was further just back. two years ago. Concussion? He did, oh, well, no, no, he did the, concussion. One, that was the one with, the one with Ed Norton, Edward Norton. The there one there was the one about his, like, like, his, his, his daughter. Or something, or, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Which I heard was so, terrible. He just play, he's been playing a lot of non-tentpole kind of roles, which yeah. I can't begrudge him mm. for doing. Aladdin's like the first one he's done in a it's, long it, time, it is, right? Yeah. And he's certainly not been running <clears> towards Bad Boys 3. No. And and I forgot about concussion, which yeah. did okay. Did so okay. you know, I, oh yeah, there was the um, oh, no, I forgot what it is now. I, I remember it now. Uh, but yeah, so we'll see what happens with that. So some interesting stuff. But I think I think I think we all agree that um, that Idris is a nice replacement uh, for, for Will. So. Um, Captain Marvel flying towards 130 million opening in North America this weekend, eyeing 350 million worldwide box office. Looking at Thursday, uh, it's definitely giving the, the the box office a lift. It earned a healthy 20.7 million from Thursday evening previews last night. It's the fifth largest preview gross of any MCU title. So that's okay. It's not it's not stellar, but it's 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 a really strong opening. Um, on average, preview grosses account for about 30 percent of the opening day. So we're going to see where that is going to lead. And if we're looking at this, is the projection from box office mojo which is only one some people are predicting a little higher some a little lower uh captain marvel looking at 155 million for its three-day opening weekend uh three yeah three-day opening weekend i think it's really going to be i think it's going to be 150 maybe 155 um what are your thoughts on this i mean 130 million i think is a little bit low it's really hard these days because um Forecasting and tracking has been miserable. Yeah, um, and so, it's been off quite a lot, a like a lot, yeah. like by twenty million plus. So one thirty, I could buy. Yeah, but I'm leaning on the higher end. But tracking has been again; they've been going on higher ends too, and they've been off by like twenty. Mm. Look, if it's any indication from last night, the theater that I went to. They were pretty much sold out for their seven o'clock shows and their like ten o'clock shows. Yeah, we've talked about Captain Marvel. I think that the I think there's really good positive buzz and 150 is very attainable for for a domestic opening weekend. Domestic yeah, I buzz. think so. I think that there's positive <clears throat> buzz and there's also the fact that women who are not necessarily eager to often uh, often eager to go to a comic book movie, yeah, are eager to go see this. I think that I you're going to so. get a lot. You're going to get a lot more uh, 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 cross gender uh, audience to a movie that you wouldn't normally get for, you know, um, Ant and the Wasp. Say uh, if, on, on that viewpoint, one thing that really impressed me with, with with Captain Marvel was the fact that even though obviously it is it is a titular female character who is the lead in this. It wasn't as if the male roles were underwritten or stoogified. No. Everybody who was in this, there were some really good characters, male and female, including those B-level characters. Yeah. Um, I think I think Rambo, um, who was um, uh, Marvel's um, uh, uh, Captain Marvel's friend from Earth. Mm-hmm. She was really great, and she was a a a complementary character who Lashana, actually had Lashana, something was to it do. Lashana Lynch. Lashana Lynch. Yeah. yeah. Um, she was fantastic. Really, really good. And I really? was actually, for, for a lot oh, of characters who were often those B-level characters in Marvel movies, it'd be nice if they came back and they did something in another movie. But yeah. I was very much like, I hope they put her in something like Endgame. I hope they become 
a team in yeah. the movies. There wasn't uh, watching it. There weren't any throwaway characters. No, everybody it was, had, it was quite lean, and it was and it was really smartly. It was it was smart that way. Yeah. Um. So between who villains were and who you're at. It was really good performances all around, and I, I really think that to your point too. Not only just women, I think girls, like little girls, totally are gonna totally go. And you know, they, they, we've already seen from like the premiere that, yeah. that people have shown up dressed up as mm. Captain Marvel. It's almost the like the Wonder Woman effect, which is fantastic. Well, that I was think. why Brie Larson took the part in the first place. Yeah, was because she understood <clears throat> that she was going to be able to influence millions of little girls. And yeah. also, I'll be honest with you. I mean, we've talked a lot about female empowerment. And, and diversity in the industry and representation coming from three white guys coming from three white guys mm-hmm. um, but but it is very much a case of uh, I know there are some people in some quarters who've said they felt a little bit alienated by this empowerment and this this push representation however as a movie this doesn't alienate boys who want to go and see it in the same way that Black Panther which was very important to um, black audiences African American audiences it didn't alienate white viewers right I think sometimes we look at these things as we make a division that simply isn't there I actually think the I mean there's a really uh, with my Captain Marvel across the board of characters male and female and non-earthly I think there's a, you know, it, everybody has an equal footing. Everybody has, you know, a, a part in the game. Yeah. I don't think it's as divisive, certainly as, the, as a as a finished product, as some might perceive right. it to be, I'll having not seen it. I'll go one step further. I think okay. that anybody who complains that this is not inclusive mm. or that they're alienated somehow by a female superhero needs to get a, get a life and stop, you know, and get out of their own little bubble because, right. you know... If you're a man and you're complaining about inclusivity, you're, I'm sorry, you, you know, you're not paying attention. But, you know, and I never thought that way going to see Wonder Woman. Like, I understood what, woman, no. what Wonder Woman stood for yeah. when it came out. Sure. I get it. And I'm really happy about it. But as, as a guy going in, it was really just a great movie to see. And I've grown up seeing women in power, like, you know, Sigourney Weaver yeah. and stuff. But seeing what Wonder Woman stood for and seeing... How it empower little girls, even more so than their moms and older people. This is what Captain Marvel has a wonderful opportunity to do without, and it builds this great team around her. Much like the cast in yeah. Wonder Woman built a great team around her. Yeah. And I, that's what I, one of the things I come out of, when I came out of Captain Marvel, I'm like, that was a really fun ride. And everybody stepped up to the plate. There was no throwaway characters. And it, everybody got along great. It's, it was it's, it's awesome. funny. It's funny how there is. I'm, I'm going to move on for this because <clears> I don't <throat> want to just keep talking about right. this topic every single week, even though it is a, an issue that continues to to go around. What I have noticed recently is there's a lot of people who uh, there's a, a there's a very vocal minority of people who have a problem with a female hero. Those um, are the people I say get a life, but yeah, they don't have a problem with a female villain, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, why do you think that is? And I'm just like, it, but do it's we have kind to even like, explain why? Yeah, that but, is? E- but even when the villain is like the one that's kind of uh, like you know the, the Cruella de Vils of the world, right? No, yeah. nobody complains when they're the villain. And I'm like, come on, come on. And I, I don't. I'm, I don't want to say anything specific because I'm going to get myself into trouble. But you know, I, I think that there is a. <laughs> There is a there is a, a a perceived persecution complex that a lot of these guys have that yeah. that just I, I kind of roll, makes me roll my eyes. And that's that's on them. There are some very uh, there is a lot of male toxicity. Yes, I, that's I, my point. There, there is also there is also a lot of female toxicity, yeah. which is which is a growing problem. But mm-hmm. I think you know we can. Can I, I think I, they're very different. I understand things, this is yeah. a, this is when, a reaction to an action. Yeah, but it is also not helpful in the same way that male toxicity but, is. Not but I'm helpful. also going to say the audience I saw. Nobody wins. The, I, the audience I, I watched the movie with last yeah. night was so diverse. Mm. Okay, we had adults, children, men, women, dates, families, uh, all various ages. And let me tell you, like when you're watching a, a superhero movie like that. It, it was just great. Uh, it do was you know a great why? Because crowd. the it, majority it, of people, Dimitri, don't, don't care. care. They don't. They don't. The and majority of people it. out there, Which outside is. of this film world bubble, 
they don't care. They don't, which they is what we were really talking about before, yeah. we, before our breakfast. The mm-hmm. same thing of like, who, who knows and who cares about yeah. the things that we know and care about? <laughs> we, we've got <laughs> some feedback Seriously. on the chat. We're yeah. going to move on because we have a lot to get through today. <laughs> uh, and I don't want to sort of go over too much of old ground. But Filmler Jeremy saying, uh, Marvel has hit such highs with, that a 130 million opening uh, would foolishly be seen as disappointing. I think that is fair, but it is certainly not disappointing. A 130 million dollar weekend is something that many studios would love especially at this particular moment in time especially at this moment in time uh harris uh saying there are lots of empty seats here in sweden yesterday night but will probably be full seats tonight yeah absolutely i mean previews are not entirely indicative of what a friday saturday sunday crowd is going to be because a lot of people won't go out to a movie on a thursday that will be the hardcore must see it first crowd of the general public and we all know of which there's actually quite a quite a minority and we all know exactly that that the studios consider their box office to be make, made or broken by the numbers in Sweden. Yes. <laughs> it's, in Europe, it's actually an interesting market. Um, but uh, Harris saying these mature males are giving CM uh, a rotten review without even seeing it. What the fuck? Yeah, I mean, I think that's fair. Uh, female heroes never bothered me, and I don't understand the uproar. Maybe because I have two older sisters, <laughs> and I grew up on Aliens, Terminator, and T2, Tomb Raider games. Uh, meteoroid. Yeah, Xeno Hour, I think that's that's really that's really a valid point here. Um but I think mm-hmm. to be honest with you, it's down to the individual. Yeah. It's not an all men thing. I don't give a fuck. I, I literally, I mean in the nicest possible way, I'm very supportive of it, but I don't care. Uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know what we're talking about. Like I can't wait not for birds of prey. Like birds of prey. I, I'm very can't excited wait about that. For. Harlequin, so, very yeah. excited about it. Yeah. I, I, I'm one of those people who doesn't have a problem with it. I don't understand it. But here's the thing, though, is that we are, relatively speaking, evolved people. Yeah. And I think a lot of the fans aren't. They take all of this stuff. We take this seriously, but mm. on a different level from some of the, the way some of the fans do. And I yeah. understand that. But at the same time, you've got it's like with politics. You've got to get out of your own bubble. You've got to be able yeah. to stick your head up out of your little hole in the ground, like the, you know... The, the groundhog and look around and take and, and see what else is out there and I think not enough people do that and that's yeah. where the toxicity comes from uh, let's talk about another box office um, tracking that's coming in this week that's quite interesting and then we'll move on to Steven Spielberg and Netflix um, Us is likely to score up to 40 million plus opening weekend at the box office I think that's a little low I do think, you? I think that's a little low I think we're going to see around 45 for that well the movie's about not what? much improvement but about 45 because a lot of people who have seen the trailers are very excited by the movie even if they don't usually consume horror. There is something about this that I think off the back of Get Out, obviously it's another Jordan Peele movie, people are going to go, it's not usually my thing, but from my experience with his other movie... I think there's going to be something there for me. Dimitri. How many weeks out are we from us? Uh, two, two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks. Is it two weeks or three yeah, weeks? So this seconds. was yeah. announced like this past week. So yeah. this is tracking again. Yeah. Tracking will come out up to about six weeks prior to release of the mm. movie. $40 million. I mean, you could be right because we still have another week and a half of full-on push. Mm. Full-on television ads. Um, your billboards, everything uh, is is right now. They'll they'll go all in. Yeah. So that that weekend number between now and opening could rise. It yeah. could they could come that the week of. Don't be surprised if you start hearing forty five fifty million reviews will help from, too. From yes. I think so. reviews Absolutely. will help too. Yeah, because there are, I'm sure there are a lot of people on the fence because the trailers are <clears> genuinely <throat> frightening, and I think that people if they all of a sudden comes out and says. The follow-up to Get Out is spectacular. People are going to yeah. say, all right, I might as well go see it. But, you know, the trailers for Get Out were pretty, I, I mean, for a horror movie, yeah. um, they, they they marketed it as a horror movie. We got a great combination. Yeah. Um, and but, look at the numbers. I, yeah, and look at those numbers. So that's why I think that, yes, this looks, I mean, watching the Super Bowl ad, I had people uh, over watching the Super Bowl who aren't horror fans, and they saw that Us trailer, and yeah, they're like, I th- I think wow. I think, and I think word of mouth is going to be strong. Absolutely. In yeah. the same way that it was strong for things like Sixth Sense, I mean, partly because of the twist, but also people who didn't do spooky Wait, what movies. Twist? What twist? Oh, spoiler. Um, 
you know, people who didn't do spooky movies would engage with them. I think there are certain franchises that that, that has also happened with over the years. People yeah. who who aren't wouldn't consider themselves to be horror fans, but will engage with movies like this. Yeah. Uh, one thing before we uh, we go on to the next thing, which I don't want to turn into a rant, but so we just need to meet it very carefully. Uh, film nerd Jamie saying, yeah, the general public. Going back to to the the, the issues um, around toxicity, the general public doesn't follow this stuff and rightfully doesn't care. They go see what they think looks good. Um, film nerd Jamie also, this all comes from both sides, and honestly, um, it is always best for the trolls to be ignored instead of engaged. No, I agree. It is agree it is that. not to sound like Donald Trump, but it is from both sides. Yeah. And I have noticed an increase in toxicity um, coming from from a group that I'm trying to be supportive of, and I don't find that particularly healthy either. Mm. I think there is no need for, on either side, a, 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 this really deep toxicity, because right. nobody wins. Nobody. All you get is people saying, I'm just going to tune it out. And I, that nobody nobody benefits from no. that. Okay, let's move on to Steven Spielberg. Uh, Steven Spielberg, Netflix movies shouldn't qualify for Oscar nominations unless they play in theatres for a certain length of time. Now, we all have our opinions on this. Let's not turn this into a four-hour um, <laughs> Avengers movie of a Netflix debate. Four but, <laughs> first of all, I am going to give the floor to Dimitri. We're not going to talk over each other on this. No, no. Dimitri... Please take the floor on this. Your thoughts well, on Steven Spielberg and Netflix? You know my thoughts on this, and, oh, yeah. and I think that there is a I think there is a misconception. Steven Spielberg isn't saying that he has anything about streaming per se, but just a little bit of of, of exhibition one hundred and one. Currently, there is already a protocol in place, right, for what what, what is called the theatrical release window. Um, what that is, is it is when, how long a movie stays in theaters prior to the studio mm. releasing it on other platforms such as streaming, on demand, and the physical copy Blu-ray, which I still buy. <laughs> so, and this is a suggestion. This is something that they've agreed upon. Mm. It's not a law. It's not a rule. But it's something that protects both sides. And and, and for the for the theaters, the exhibitors, it protects them. It, it says that exclusively for 90 days or three months, mm -hmm. a movie can play in a theater only. It's one of the main reasons, too, why piracy is such a huge deal, because piracy can cut into a theater and distributor or studio's profits. Yep. We don't like piracy. People lose money, and it's illegal. And this is why, that's one of the reasons why there's such a big fight for it. So, I agree. Netflix, Ted Sarandos has said he wants to be a disruptor to this. And he has. He's taking his wrecking ball to try to disrupt the exhibitor experience. This 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 protocol, so to speak, that's been in place. They can, they have the option mm. to try to negotiate with exhibitors, but three out of the about sixty Almost 60% of the gross, is it? 40, it's 40 to 50% of the gross of movies come from three large chains. That's AMC, Regal, and Cinemark Theaters. Okay, That's a huge chunk of the gross for the domestic gross. They won't play the movie because Netflix isn't adhering to this 90-day window or even coming to a table to try to talk to them about this. Yeah. So... On this, on this, I agree with Steven Spielberg. I understand what he is saying. For him, grow, making films for the movie-going experience and protecting that, I understand. And it should. Like, If the window needs to come down, which studios have been trying to do, because mm -hmm. it's all about the monies, come to the table, Netflix. Don't be a disruptor. Like, so I get what Spielberg is going with. And I agree. And I happen to just agree with that in protecting the movie going experience and not denying people the opportunity to see a movie at the theater. I, I don't think we're, I, I don't think the industry is denying anyone the opportunity. I don't, I think the thing is that I think both parties here, um, th there has to be some wiggle room. And I think some parameters have to be set. But I think bottom line is if a movie is worthy of being recognized for the art of making a film it should be qualified on those criteria now i also think that yes there are certain movies like roma that i think benefit from being shown in movie theaters but i think also realistically 
there are a lot of people who won't go and see it in theaters if it's a if it's even more of a of a mainstream movie because they can see it at home. There will be some people who want to. Great example is Bird Box. Um, and there are some people who won't go and pay to see a movie that they think is out of their wheel art, something like Roma, which is a black and white Spanish language with subtitles movie. Right. If they, you know, perhaps slam down 15 bucks for a movie and they get 10 minutes into it and they don't like it, they do the shit click maneuver. <laughs> so they're not going to go. And it, it's out of their wheel art. It's not an environment, perhaps like an art house movie theater where they want to do it. However, so an object to that is to say, OK, well, let's put them in uh, into multiplexes. But if you or maybe you use the example of the midwest if you're brian who owns a theater in the midwest and realistically you want you have to you're obligated to run a movie that people can get for free at home for three weeks in your movie theater realistically you're not going to get enough asses on seats to make that commercially viable for you when you could be as a business where ultimately they don't make a lot of money from the tickets they make money from concessions so right. you need bodies to come through the door to see these True. things you then have to look at it from a business thing, which I can understand is is another issue. There are so many pieces of this jigsaw that I think I, need to be considered. I, I am so glad, though, that you brought up Bird Box, okay? Yeah. Netflix spent so much money mm-hmm. on Roma. $50 million for the Academy campaign alone, yep. right? We're not even talking about what they paid for just regular advertising when it hit that. Mm. When Christmas came around, did you hear all, at all about Roma? No, they spent a tenth of the money on Bird Box, and that's all you heard about for at least two to three weeks. Well, Bird Box Challenge, but, Bird Box this. Yeah, but, but that's because but they're, they're, released, compl- but they're completely different but types they, of movies. But yeah. here's that's, the thing. They're aimed at completely different audiences. Which, again, is saying they're not, those people aren't going to watch Roma. They, didn't, they never, they released, quote unquote, they released the, the viewership numbers on Bird Box. Mm. We don't have anything on that on Roma. And again, if you're going to play theatrically, you have to you should be transparent in 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 showing your grosses, the locations that you're at, what your per screen average is all about. Like this isn't being an old fart. This is just this is some this is like an institution that's been around forever and that has worked. And they can Netflix can choose to be part of that. There's no problem. And and nobody would say no to Netflix coming in, especially with what's going on with studios right now. Mm. We could use a strong entity like Netflix. I'm all for a new studio to come in Especially to with Disney buying Fox. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. that's what I was thinking. Yeah. I mean, it's a little bit about being an old fart. It's a, a little bit about being an old fart. And by the way, just to, just to, to say, when, when Simon said went to you and said, let's not talk over each other, I so badly, as you were talking, wanted to just start talking over you. That's why I was doing it now. You're doing it now. You're literally doing it now. You're doing it now. What did I say don't do? I can't help it. I can't help it. It's just a comedy opportunity. Neil, you have the floor. Um, look, I think, that, I think what it comes down to is that I, I agree with most of what you said. You're saying here. I think that that the fundamental difference is that that you know the thing is what we were talking about before before we went on the air is that you think that that a a, a company that's going to put a Corona film out like Roma. In theaters, if it weren't a Netflix film, the argument that I made was without Netflix flicks behind it. If say A twenty four releases that movie, mm-hmm. then we're looking at it's the same. It's going to do the same business and have the same reaction to, as, as something like Cold War had, the Polish film, which played for several months yep. at art house theaters. Yep. It would play at art house theaters, and certain places around the country wouldn't necessarily get it until it came to home video because that's what happens. But there are, you know, you mentioned Cinemark before. Mm-hmm. Cinemark might show certain films, but in Portland, Maine, where I grew up, they're not showing Roma. You know, they were, it was showing at the IFC Theater in New York, and that's a Netflix thing. I understand. Right. But the point is, is that, you know, it's, it's, it's not it's not a – you can't make a grand sweeping generalization mm. about which films will end up where, especially you, when we're talking about something the size you, and you, scope you, of I think, I think ultimately if any studio thought it was going to be commercially viable to own and release themselves widely in movie theaters, they would have outbid Netflix. 100%. Yeah. It, 100%. we're not talking widely. I mean, Roma is not a wide I, release. But don't you think – again, leaving money on the table, don't you think that – Roma would have played much better at either Lincoln Square or Union Square or the Empire. 100%. Like, so, but, again, 
studios want to make money, right? Right. So had they played by the rules, they could have guarded an empire. And they, I, I, again, know. I disagree because yeah. a two-hour and twenty-minute movie that's in black and white, completely in Spanish, is not going to make money at the box office on the on, a, on any kind of grand scale. And if the it, argument is, to and the studio is not going to make that, not going to release that movie. And if I'm the sorry. argument is to play in theaters for a certain length of time, you're saying, well, it would have been good at this theater in New York or that theater. It's what they're doing. So really, in order to meet halfway or to at least come closer together, is just to release it in more smaller theaters. But ultimately, if you are someone who owns a theater and you know your local area and you know your local market and you have a chance to book film A, which is a Netflix movie, or film B, which is a studio movie that you think more people's going to do, what are you going to choose to put in there? You're going to choose the one that is going to be more financially viable. Now, we saw in L.A. the Vista. I mean, I went to a screening that was hardly there, but I know that many of those screenings were absolutely packed and it ran for weeks. So I think there really has to be some sort of movement from both sides. But I certainly don't think the argument about um, it's going to Netflix is going to kill theater, um, theater distribution, and it's going to kill people going to movies because people will always go to the movies. And we've had that argument presented with Laserdisc, with VHS, with television. But but I wrote an article about how how people who stream... Oh, you wrote an article? I did. I was published. Well, on paper? Yeah. Yeah, Wow. Oh, my God, the talkies. I did. (laughs) They're coming to a town to me. They are. No, but I'm just saying... let's let's intimate I wrote an article that basically said that that everybody streams. I have Netflix. I'm sure you do, too. I have Amazon. I have Hulu. Right? You still go to the movies, right? This is not about streaming. Folks, this isn't about how you're getting your content. I don't think this that's really. That's, about, I don't think that's what we're arguing. But then but it's also it, not about distribution. It's, it's about it, the quality of film, whether it qualifies. I think if you start putting constraints on something, as in uh, where it can be shown, how widely it should be shown, then you open the door for other constraints to be on. Where it's like level of distribution. Um, I mean, there are many movies which don't have a very wide release. I mean, right. The Wife. Wasn't yeah, exactly right. a wide release. Can you forgive me? Wasn't exactly a wide release. I've been here. I was here three months ago, and we had a version of this conversation three right. months ago. Yeah. The last time oh, I was yeah, here, yeah. and you and I yeah, had yeah. a very similar back and forth yeah, about this. Yeah. And did. you know, we got sidetracked because mm-hmm. it was not. The, it was the beginning of this this right. whole thing. But the truth is, is that I think <laughs> the argument that I always make is that by establishing certain rules, kind of piggybacking on what you just said, Simon, yeah. is that you are then you're in. The eligibility is one week in Los Angeles and New York. Right. Right. So independent film is affected directly by, by, by this. Mm-hmm. What you're saying is Netflix needs to play by the rules, like, say, Amazon. Mm. Amazon Studios absolutely plays by the rules. Absolutely. And, and if Netflix decided to do that, we wouldn't be having this conversation. And we're no. only so going we to see. About right. that. And, yeah. the, and the next topic that we're going to go on to is, is, another, exa- no, <laughs> is another example of why we're actually not going to see less of what Netflix are doing. We're going to right. see more of what Netflix are doing yeah. with the growth of things like Disney+. Plus. And obviously right. Amazon are really finding their feet. And now. Warner they eventually are. is going to have its own and the, sure. and one of them, They're yeah. On but the thing is, I think there is going to have to be some movement with some of these movies are going to be one because Disney's Disney. And they're going to want to have some of these movies available on the big screen for a certain amount of time because they want to make these movies an event. And some movies should. Roma is a Netflix movie. To me, having seen it, you should see that movie to get the full effect on a big screen. 100%. In a movie experience. Realistically, people are going to see it in their homes with their shitty TVs and their sweatpants or on a phone on a bus. Which is interesting because. Realistically. And, and this is one of the reasons. Or a seat plane or something like that. One of the reasons why I think plane that seat. Roma didn't win Best Picture. Yeah. There are several reasons, but one of them it wasn't is, the best picture. Well, aside, well, neither, neither was Green Book. But no. I mean, you know, but I, th- how often does that actually happen? Where the best picture actually wins best picture? I know. Separate true. conversation. Yeah. My point is coming up next. That my point is that people who paid fifteen dollars to see right. it, even if they're bored ten minutes in, they've paid the fifteen dollars, so they're going to stay the entire two hours and mm-hmm. twenty minutes. If you're sitting at home and you're bored ten minutes in, like my right. parents, for instance, <laughs> it took them four tries to get through the first hour. Right. So you know, if you're sitting at home, you may not last all the way through the, the right. two hours and twenty yeah. minutes. Now, now, I've been reading the comments, and and it's interesting because are they being like mean to theaters, me? No, 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 no. <laughs> theaters do a monthly series called TCM Presents. They yes, do. but that's repertoire. These are movies that have already come out. These are classics. These are these are like 
these are special events at movie theaters. Mm. They're not theatrical release. Somebody also said that, um, uh, uh, where is it, right? Netflix movies are like Fathom events. Fathom releases, okay, but again, those are non-theatrical, like one night only, they'll show Doctor Who. They're just like, for for a low, for for a, a, uh, a low box office, period, like a Tuesday, Wednesday, mm-hmm. they'll bring something in. They'll bring like a special event movie well, in. Well, like, they, like they, they Shall Not Grow Old was a Fathom event to start. Yeah, and by the yeah, way, yeah, the word yeah, you were yeah. looking for was repertory, not repertory. repertoire. Yeah, that, that's, yeah. thank you very much yeah. for my <laughs> repertoire. But no, <laughs> That's right, that's right. Well, that yeah. Repertory should be in your repertoire. Right. That, was, yeah. that was a rap battle, I think. Oi. Took us. <laughs> so glad you're back. Took us. <laughs> anyway, I have so much fun look, when I come I, here. Anyways, I, I really, you know, and again, I just, listen, I would have had no problem with Roma being nominated for so many things. But again, when audiences are denied and we don't know what the box office is, we don't get theater counts or location counts. These are all part of again. These are just it's protocol. So-called social but, contract. But, but also, but also, uh, those that's are a good way to put. It, yeah, yeah, but those that shouldn't it, it, that shouldn't stop people being nominated. If you're the, if you make a movie that is meets the criteria of being a film that is worthy of as the art of cinema being recognised for those arts, no, none of the other movies are judged by. Um, screen average, uh, bums on seats, distribution model, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So I think but, then to but they adhere by those rules. That's all I'm saying. But, the That's aca- all but those are not the rules the Academy puts in place. And this is about them being nominated for an Oscar. Right. These are not things the Academy put in place as a right. prerequisite mm-hmm. for the, being nominated for an Oscar. It, it, and if you do, sorry. then you have to apply constraints and limits to all other things. And if it's a case of, you know, finances, distribution, amount of screens, you then also preclude other films potentially from being considered which for is, Oscar too. Which is what I was saying. And I think that ultimately what we all care about and what, what is, will solve the problem is that there is perceived to be something of an arbitrary nature to all of this. True. And if you remove the arbitrariness of mm-hmm. the... Yeah. Of the of the, the the situation, you pull that out and make everything concrete. Make the rules the same for everybody right. across the board. Yep. So the disruption can't happen. Then there's then it's over. Then the conversation is over. I, and I couldn't agree with you yep. more. And I think that Spielberg just wants to bring this up mm. about because he didn't even. And it's say, worth bringing up, right? That that's all. He we have wants, to have a conversation about. He these wants things. to bring this up. And again, I'm not saying I'm not against change, but let's have the conversation first. And actually, Netflix should have a seat at the table. To do this, they shouldn't sure. say no. Before we go on this, let's let's just say that also there. I mean, Netflix, where Netflix really excels, is these middle movies yes. that a lot of people wouldn't go and see. True. But the thing is that when these movie middle movies are put into movie theaters, what do audiences choose? Above or below, mm-hmm. they still struggle to be these middle movies. So simply, that's why they don't make them. Make so them simply, anymore. yeah. So simply putting them out there for these audiences when the audiences have already said. We have this opportunity right mm-hmm. now, and we reject this opportunity. I, I don't. I you can't. You can. You know. You but can take a horse to water, but you can't make it. It's not entirely true, though. Look what uh, it's a, often a, the case. Not entirely. Not blanket, but often the but case. Look what A twenty four did with um, what was that horror movie that we we uh, last was it two summers ago? Last yeah. summer, what was the horror movie that A twenty four came out? Like again, hereditary. Hereditary. Yeah, if that oh, movie, I hated that movie. Yeah, I didn't think it was right. Yet. Love or hate it? That's a middle movie. Yeah, right. No, but so, it, but it's different but because it's a genre film, and that yeah, makes it different. That's it's a di- not, that's you're a not, difference. Here's the thing: okay. is you're it's no longer saying. Movie. I've been saying for years in both print and on my own podcast and on this one. You have a podcast. It was mentioned earlier. <laughs> I I, uh, I, right I understand. <laughs> um, I, I've been and I've said it here before. Is that is that. Hollywood is no longer making the kind of films that made us fall in love with the movies in the first place, wow. and and That's a good th- idea. and that and good. that uh, middle range drama, for instance, right. is just it's 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 becoming extinct. It's rare that it shows up, and if it does, it's only because some megastar is in it. Mm-hmm. Whereas you know you can't use a hereditary something like uh, in that category because it's a horror film. So mm-hmm. there's a built in audience of people who are going to go see that that movie. You're not seeing well, I'm you're not seeing romantic comedies. 
Yeah. Uh, you know, you know, and have, if they are, they're small. Right. I mean, although, although isn't it romantic? I liked it quite a bit. I thought that was a fun yeah. spoof of romantic comedy. So anyway, this is something anyway, that's yeah, going to, this is going to rage on and on and on. It's well, something it, I'm sure well, we're going to come back yes, to. But ultimately, do we know when the, this, this governor's no. meeting no. is? No. Because so, that, that should be covered nationally. Well, we'll see, we'll see what happens with that. Yeah. But ultimately, you know, I think this debate is going to rage on. I, I think, agree. I don't think Netflix is, is going to budge much the other way. Um, and I don't, I don't think theatres are going to give much ground on this. But, you know, when you start putting in parameters, I think it, the whole thing gets a bit more difficult. And I think ultimately the Oscars, which are mm-hmm. about the art of cinema and rewarding the art of cinema, it should be about the award of cinema. I entirely understand Steven Spielberg's viewpoint. But it's not about, it's about, when we're looking for an industry where we're looking for inclusion and representation, Mm -hmm. I think to then start putting down parameters which are, basically don't affect the movie. They don't affect the quality of the movie or the filmmaking. Because often in many cases they're already done. Mm -hmm. It's just about who bought them, I think is different. Okay, we need to move on. It's a complicated issue. Disney Plus, yeah, there is no simple answer to this. Disney Plus are going to house the entire Disney motion picture library, including things in the Disney vault this week. That's awesome. This is great news, but again, this is about the evolution of these streaming platforms. And I'm sure that over the next five years, we're going to be seeing some more come through. Um, I don't think this is going to be the end of the growth of streaming. I think it's really, we're going to see some, people are going to start picking where they where they spend, most they're going to have to where they spend their money but I mean I've got Hulu at the moment I went through Hulu yesterday there were two things that I found that I actually wanted to watch and I was like actually I'm going to end my Hulu subscription See, because there wasn't watching, enough I'm about to start watching the entire series of Letterkenny but I think but, people are going to start doing that they're going to they're going to have it for a period and, and then, then jump off, jump and, off. Yeah. and then when it gets more stuff that they want to watch they're going to jump back on but Disney has an absolute mine of stuff <laughs> that you cannot get on TV or streaming or, um, or even hard format media it's, these days it's hard the Disney Movie Club which I'm a part of you can get some of their hard format of, of catalog titles that no longer exist movies like one of my favorites The Island at the Top of the World mm. Darby O'Gill and the Little People. Yeah. Even the black hole is is not available on a current Blu-ray, right? Will yeah. we get Song of the South? Well, I don't think that one's going to be rearing its head again. <laughs> Although, to be I, honest I, with you, I would actually be I would be really interested to see if it's the entire catalog. Because I, I haven't seen that since I was a child, and yeah. I know it's basically completely inappropriate. But basically, there are other there are other movies that are also horribly inappropriate. Sure. From the 80s. Uh, so considerably Soul after. Soul Man. Soul Man. The Toy. I often <laughs> reference toy, regularly. Oh, yeah, the Toy. Yeah. And, you know, and it's just, so I think actually to revisit that, I think, would be quite interesting to look at it in a, in a new context. Now, I'm obviously not saying that you should put racist stuff on a Disney Plus platform. However... It's it's a film that I would like to. It's, to I think that there's two things. One, does can we qualify? Does the toy qualify as an actual hate crime? <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I don't know. It's just in quality of filmmaking yeah, or, or it's, race it's, alone. It's, it's, either way, yeah. I mean, then its treatment of Richard it's Pryor. aged horribly. It's oh, it, it was bad at the time. Look, yeah. the other thing too is I, I think that <clears throat> what we lose, what we lose when we when we remove the uh, the content from viewing mm. is we lose something of. American history of cinematic history of how we are looked how we perceive ra- how we have perceived race through the years and I think these are in their way important historical documents yeah. I think that there are there's certainly as a Jewish man that there are there are things out there that are anti- wait is Jewish man Marvel or DC that's uh, that's an image title it's oh, an independent okay, okay. Oh, it's an independent okay. yeah because you know we have our own little <laughs> okay. um, but I I think that chutzpah that, squad hey you got the chutzpah right this time chutzpah you say took us, took us but, but chutzpah. chutzpah nice I like it what is this um, Mr. Gas? but there's certainly there's stuff out there that's not terribly flattering in one form or another there's Spike Lee has gone has has had some has has danced around the idea of some mm-hmm. anti-Semitic tropes in some of his movies. Yeah, but nobody's talking about banning those. And I'm not saying that there's anything there's a, there's anything good necessarily about these films, other than the historical document that they provide. Birth of a Nation is it is, is, is a, a movie is that's a movie that I'm viewing. I for, watched yeah. for the first time about a year ago. Yeah, and it's 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 a horrible piece of cinema <laughs> and, and documenting a horrible. 
Well, it's a brilliant piece of cinema. It's but, a horrible document of yeah. the time and a horrible a, a treatment of, of an entire race of but people. But I'd never seen it, and I watched it as an education piece. That's mm-hmm. my point. That's exactly Not my point. Again, how yeah. do I become a member of the Ku Klux Klan? Yeah. No, but it was very much, you know, it was very much a, a, a looking at a historic piece. That's right. exactly my point. Yeah. Yeah. Something like Song of the South is not going to, is, is, I'm not saying there's anything redeeming about it other than to place it in a historical context. Right. Yeah. No, I, no agree. I, I, like I agree. I think this Disney Plus so far, everything that they've said, especially the catalog, the yeah. movie catalog, if it's going to include some of these classics that have been unavailable, and I'm not talking like Little Mermaid and all these you can get on the, the ones Blu-ray, they keep re-releasing. But some of and, these yeah. live action movies, like you know, going back to the Apple Dumpling Gang, the computer who wore tennis shoes, the mm. strongest man in the world, all of these movies. Two girls, one great. cup. The, that was oh, Disney. I knew, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I knew. I wish. Damn it. If I thought it's like five, two seconds ahead, I would have pointed and said, don't say two girls, one cup. Man, I knew that was coming. Sorry, continue. <laughs> Where do I go well, that from was there? Fox, anyway. Where do I go from there? Okay. All, all I'm saying, I think that that, plus whatever content, like The Mandalorian, like whatever series that they're making. Oh, the new stuff. Yeah. Sure, of and, course. And, and again, for what we Let's flog are, that Star Wars horse. For what we're, what we know the price point to be. Yeah. That, I think it's nine ninety nine. They say it's going to be cheaper than Netflix. Yeah, that would be an incredible price point. And there'll be int- introductory that. periods as well. I mean, to sure. be honest, like you say, I mean, there's there's so many, especially in the eighties and nineties. <clears throat> Disney really on on Buena Vista and Hollywood Studios Entertainment. A lot of movies that that I just d- don't think that they were appreciated, or some people have, have basically forgotten about. Some really great comedies. So will it include Hello Outrageous again? Fortune? Brisk- yeah. Uh, outrageous Down and Out in Beverly Hills. Yeah. yeah. Some really great stuff that when Absolutely. we haven't seen pop up on other streaming platforms yeah. are actually quite hard to get on a really good quality hard format. Yeah. And we don't see them running on cable and stuff like that anymore. I'm personally, I'm, I think I'm going to probably, I might even ditch Netflix for a while because I struggle sometimes to find stuff on there that I, I, I either well, you're not don't looking own. Hard you're, not looking, you're not looking hard It's enough. a horrible navigation system. Well, it's but there's, still, there's still tons of great stuff there. Yeah. But I think I might rest it for a while and then maybe do Disney Plus when that comes on. But we don't we don't have a launch date for Disney Plus. But we'll, we'll see. What we happens. don't. It, but there is a launch day, I believe, for Criterion Channel. Yes. Yeah, that's April. I've All already right. I've already signed up for it. But again, like I would love that if I were able to get it either through my Xbox or my mm. Blu-ray player. I don't I have be able anything. to. Yeah, I yeah. wouldn't be able to watch it on my Blu-ray player. There's yeah. going to be a way that there's got to be a yeah. way that they, we can yeah. do that. They Anyways. can do that. Yeah. Uh, but I'll, yeah, I mean, also there's so many different ways to stream stuff these uh, days. I think yeah. it's going to be very and Disney. I think they'll be quite accessible. I think so. Uh, Sky Patterson, Meet the Movie Press, is doing an amazing job with his podcast on YouTube. Thank you so much. Um, keep Thanks, up the good work. Sky. We're That's... not just available on YouTube, by the way. We're also available on Spotify. We're available on Podcast One. Uh, we're available on Arrow. I Pretty listen much, to it on iTunes. Pretty, yeah, iTunes is another one. Um, we when had I'm some issues here, with I mean, that last year, but it's, it's another way you place. can get this podcast. So we are available in many, many ways. So um, if someone goes, I don't watch videos on YouTube, you can actually get us in your yeah, area. Well, fuck you, man. But also, I mean, have you <laughs> seen us? YouTube watching look guy. At us. Uh, you know, it leads to cat videos, and nothing ever ends well Too that way. Too good for us. Sky Patterson <laughs> saying Captain Marvel will be another $1 billion hit for Disney. I, nope. No, I don't think it'll make a billion. I'll be, I mean, I'm, I'm happy to be proved wrong. I think it'll top out I, at 800 I think it's going to be eight, eight to 900 yeah. Um but do we really need it at a billion? Um, Endgame will do two billion. Scott saying, "Will Disney keep some things? No, one thing. Song in the South locked up. Uh, Scott, something we were actually talking about on the show. Uh, film nerd Jamie. The Simpsons producers say that they're going to pull the Michael Jackson episode from syndication have. circulation. Yeah, they already have in future home video releases. Uh, no matter what your opinion on the allegations, um, a bullshit move. I mean, I kind of agree. I think they should. It's out there. We know it's out there." Um, and even if I don't necessarily, we're not going to get into Michael Jackson today. Um, but I, you know, I, I think it, we, it, you can't pretend it doesn't exist. Yeah. Uh, Scott Boswell, I saw the toy recently on a free TV. Weird. I think weird. Um, <laughs> it's certainly one weird way. Is not the word I would one use. One way but okay, to describe yeah. it. But yeah, Sky Patterson, you guys are the best. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Um, a really big part, and I'm, I was going to talk about this at the end, but as, 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 um, Sky has very conveniently brought this up, and I hope your job is going well, by the way, Sky. Um, this show exists for for one reason only. It, it doesn't exist for us to come along and shoot the shit every week. As the much glorification as of Simon's ego. No, I mean, does that need any help? I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> no, but it, we're not we're not here just for shits and giggles. We're here because there are people that want to consume this show. They want to. They love movies. They love talking about movies. And we have different viewpoints to many other shows that are out there. Um, and we talk about it in a slightly different way. And, and we really appreciate the fact that you guys engage with this. But really. It, 
in order for this to continue and to grow, uh, and most importantly, to continue, uh, we do need, we rely on you guys to, to actually spread the word. And it doesn't matter whether you've got 24 followers on, on, on Twitter or whatever, hey, um, or, or 25,000. Um, 25, really, the, the, the success and the future of the show, whatever we put into it, really depends on you. And we really appreciate uh, you guys, what you currently do and anything else you can do um, to, to boost uh, the coverage that this show gets. We, we really appreciate it. If you like it, if there are things about it that you like, if there are particular things in the show we talk about that you think are great, do tell other people about this. It's lovely that we have a little club and it's really nice. It's a nice little family and we don't always have to agree. That's what families are about. But really, it's not just about the conversation where they have each other. It's about inviting other people to be part of that conversation. And really, that is where you guys come in. So if you like the show and you like what we do, yes, subscribing and liking and, and just stuff and liking a tweet is great. But retweet and tell people about the show. And don't just do it on a Friday. Do it throughout the week. We really appreciate it's, it. And it's, it, 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 we need that to continue to survive. And I'm proud to be... I mean, I'm, I'm probably the bastard stepson of the family. Now I'm proud to be part of the family. And and seeing all these people who are online, they're taking their time. And people who comment and write, mm. I always appreciate that they take the time to write. Yeah. I mean, which is which is amazing. I want to. Sorry. No, I just. It's you're right, Simon. This is. It's been a great family, and we we don't always this panel. Whoever's on the panel, we don't always agree. If but we, we did, it would be really boring. It would be boring. It would, it would be. be boring. I mean, well, look, I, I, first thing I want to say is uh, to the, to our listeners, their listeners, I, they really appreciate you. I'm only here four or five times a year. I think you're fine. Um, <laughs> um, but Thank I can you. say, but I, I can honestly say, look, I mean, whenever I'm coming into town, the first one of the first things I do is reach out to Simon and say, "Can I come on the show?" Because of how much fun it is. Right. Because I mean, we always have a good time when we're here, and we talk about interesting stuff. And what I find engaging about the show and why I listen to it when I'm not here mm. is because we all, everybody who's here cares so much about what we're talking, we about what we're discussing, that it comes out in the conversation. And I think people respond to that. I know I do as an audience member on weeks that I'm not here. Well, film that Jamie is saying in the chat, and the chat, if you're able to watch this, not everybody is because, you know, we've all got our own shit to do and we appreciate that. But when people do take part in the chat, that's also really helpful as well. Film that Jamie is a, is a prime example of this. Yeah. Uh, I'm frustrated to see this show not killing it with legit thoughtful commentary on the business. So many bullshit daily news shows run by people who do not know what they're talking about there's meet the movie press and then there's every other online movie <laughs> news show that's true now this is and, and we really appreciate that tell other people yeah tell other people if you like this show and uh, i guarantee that not everybody that you tell will like this show some will think we're assholes and we're talking shit <laughs> do, do you i know think what? we're assholes and i'm here but that, yeah but you know you're a, you're kind of like an adopted asshole <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm surrounded by assholes. You know what it says? If, Keep if, firing, if, assholes. If LA needs more things, it's definitely <laughs> assholes. So we import you. No, but seriously, we do we do really, really appreciate the support that you guys give. Uh, men and women, you know, whoever you are and whatever your tastes in film are, we really appreciate it. And when you appreciate us, that is wonderful. But really, if you want to help us, tell people about the show. If you want us to continue doing this, tell people about the show. Mm -hmm. We're part of the show you're a bigger part of the show because if you weren't here, we wouldn't be here at all. So really... We'd just be sitting in a diner talking about over other well, stuff yeah, over we, eggs. We can do as much as we can do, but really, w without you and the work that you guys do, evangelizing about the show, telling everybody on Twitter or, or Instagram or whatever about the show and how much you like it and why you like it, that's really where our success is going to lie. We can do anything in this studio every week. We can introduce features and whatever. But really, I mean, if nobody knows that we're doing it, it, it's kind of pointless. So thank you for what you're doing. If you could do more, we'd really appreciate it. Like, subscribe, tweet, retweet. If you have things that you would each week like us to talk about on the show, don't just save it for the chat when we're right. live on air on a Friday. Tweet at Meet Movie Press or myself or Dimitri or Scott or any other panelists that we have on the show and tell us what you'd like us to talk about. And also... We would like to get some new faces on the show. So if you have a journalist that you would love to just to have on the show, <laughs> we'd love to know about them. We really would. And we'd love to have them on because if they come with an audience as well, that helps us grow. So guys, Captain Marvel is going to be the big movie this week. I think I pretty think much so. everybody's going to see that. Sure. Um, I know you haven't seen it. We've talked about this movie before. Right. I'm seeing it on Sunday. 
I just haven't had time. To, I, you know. Yeah. So you're but, seeing but, it like IMAX? You should. Uh, I'm, Prime, seeing big, oh, or, I'm seeing or, the like big Dolby. screen, 68th yeah. Street in, in Manhattan. Oh, so, nice. with, oh yeah. But the, with, the, with the Cap- biggest theater in the, in the... Yeah. But with Captain Marvel... Are they showing Roma? Um, but with the biggest... <laughs> yes. But with the biggest movie this week... Also, what I wanted nice to do back. is I want to set everybody a bit of homework this week for anybody that's listening to the show. Pick a movie that you've never seen before, and I want you to watch it. It might be on your pile. It might be in your Netflix queue. It might be on your Amazon Prime queue. The one that you've been watching, this may be a classic movie. It doesn't matter if it's a classic movie you've never seen before. Watch it and tweet at Movie Press this week and tell us about that movie, what it was, and what really stood out to you about this movie. That can be whether you thought it was brilliant. It can be whether you disagree with people who think it's brilliant. Mm-hmm. We want to hear what you think about it. But this week, your homework is watch a movie you've been meaning to watch and watch it and tell us about it. I'd like to make a press. suggestion. If you're going to watch Boat a movie... Boat Trip is you... not on the list. Bo- <laughs> what, we what talked about this at breakfast Boat this trip, morning. Boat oh, trip. Yeah, yeah. Cuba Gooding Jr. Um, <laughs> if you have Amazon Prime and you like romantic comedies yeah. and you've never seen it, watch Two Ninas. And you can talk about that one. That's my first movie. Sweet. I like the setup. Uh, D- Dimitri, uh, where can we find you? Uh, Go right here, uh, right here at uh, Popcorn Talks. Uh, meet the Movie Press. At uh, DMovies1701 is my Twitters. You can also find me on Popcorn Talk Network's Anatomy of the Movie, where uh, uh, my lovely uh, uh, host, co-host, uh, Marissa Serafini, we, we break down movies uh, ex- extensively. And this week we are going to be talking about Apollo 11. Which, which spoiler, is I love. Amazing. Amazing. Yes. It's amazing. Go see it. Also, counter-programming, if you've already seen Captain Marvel or don't care, uh, you were looking for something interesting independent. on the independent side, go see Gloria Bell with Julianne Moore. Uh, fantastic. And where can we find you, by the way? Again, at Neil Turritz. That's N-E-I-L-T-U-R-I-T-Z. If you spell it N-E-A-L, you're dead to me. Uh, and also, you'll find somebody else because that person doesn't exist. Um, but that's me on Twitter. And my uh, on Instagram, I am six word reviews, number six word reviews. And there's something there every day. I review movies in exactly six words. And starting, I believe, next week, Unduly Noted will return. And we're once a week, Ryan Beeman and I, talking about uh, similar stuff. But we add in sports and other things. Duly Noted. If you want to follow this show on uh, Meet the Movie Press, Uh, it's Meet Movie Press on Twitter. And you can find me at Showbiz Simon on Instagram and Twitter. As as always, thank you so much for taking part in the show. Uh, One final thing. Uh, Someone's asking, uh, did Simon, Dimitri, and Neil uh, were part of the early screening of Shazam? It's too early. That, that, that burns. No, yeah. thank you, Warner yeah. Brothers. <laughs> but we're going to be seeing you next week, and we really appreciate it. Thank you so much. If you like the show, like, subscribe, tell everybody about it, and we will see you back here next week. Have a All good right. one. Thanks, guys. From producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of its owners or principals.